The Cauldron. The Cauldron. The Wizards brand new podcast. Hello everybody, welcome to the first episode of The Cauldron Podcast. My name is Chris Davis and we're recording with some Aberavon players today and we're going to be talking about all news Aberavon and all news from Patalbot as well. We're here today with Aberavon legends Will Price who has played 203 games for the club and scored 33 tries. Steph Andrews, the flying winger he likes to call himself, played 157 games and scored 56 tries. New signing Ala Thomas, nine games and scoring 80 points at the moment. So guys, first of all, let's get down to the rugby chat with Aberavon. How's it going so far? What's, 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 the, what's the news? That's been good to be fair, I've enjoyed it. Come in the new team, new setup, and the uh, boys have welcomed me in and really enjoyed it really. Hit the ground running and um, you know, really good squad and uh, boys work really hard in the summer. So we're looking ahead and we're due to play a big derby game on, on Boxing Day. Normally play Neath. That's a big derby for the club. That's similar. That's, that's pretty much gone now. Um, I just want to know your thoughts, really. Do you think that should have carried on, um, irrespective of the fact that Neath are not in the league now? Will, what do you think? Do you think that game should have carried on as normal, as tradition, or do you think uh, it's, it's, it's done and dusted? Um, not particularly. Uh, it's disappointing we're not playing Neath, you know, the, the history that's gone before. But uh, I think the rivalry that's building between us and Regend is, is grown every year. And I think you saw how how competitive it was when we played at the start of the season. I think that's just going to continue to grow. And I think come uh, Boxing Day now, it's going to be a hell of a game. I think, to be honest, all the boys are going to be, you know, really looking forward to it. Al, I know you haven't played in an Abraham and Neath derby before, but are you looking forward to playing in this new festive derby against Bridgend? Yeah, like Will said, it was you know, a really tough game in the, the first game of the season. Eh? And it was, you know, you know, a really physical game and uh, both teams were really, you know, going for it. So, like, a game like that, you know, a derby on uh, Boxing Day, it'll make it. Hopefully, it'll be a big crowd here. Uh, you know, a lot of our Brahms supporters are again behind us, and uh, hopefully, we can come away with the same similar result, you know, and um, kick off the festive season with uh, some points. Steph, I've seen you playing in a couple of derby games, and you've pretty much subbed yourself off after about ten minutes. Um, can you explain some of the derby games that you've played in before? Then? I think my uh, first game was on the Knoll, and I broke my finger off the first kick off. So that was and that was the end for you. I was spending a few nights in hospital there. So yeah, I think we went on to win that game as well, didn't we? Or no, I don't think you did. Most, no. most probably you did. Yeah, yeah, most probably. Steps. I went off. <laughs> anyway, so moving on to the purpose of the podcast, we're here to discuss the semi-professional game and the semi-professional era and how that helps players develop and and uh, help players develop and play for Wales, etc. So, what's your thoughts on? the semi-pro game and how it's developing players because obviously you've seen players come through Aberavon players like Ashley Beck Adam Beard Ben John um, yeah what's your thoughts do you think it's still serving a purpose or has it served a purpose or is it, or is it going ended what's the, what's the score for me personally I reckon generally it's really you know it's a tough league now and um, a lot of the young boys need places to play and uh, I think most of, most if not all the current internationals have played semi-pro at some sometimes you know, in the premiership at some point so um, it's good to get experience to get that mix of the older boys and the, the younger boys so um, boys can learn off each other and um, you know it is a competitive league now so I think it's uh, definitely um, should be used as a as a development tool Well you would have played with obviously they're your mates aren't they Becky uh, people like Tipperick as well so what was it like playing with them and obviously seeing them move on a bit as well and you're obviously still at the Wizards 
fighting the cause? No, it's uh, it's great to see obviously them go go on and do bigger things. But you could always see when you were playing alongside them with Abraham and like, when I played uh, in school with Becky in college, you could always see the potential there and the, and the talent that he had. And it was the same when we played with Abraham when I first joined. You know, like you said, you had Tipbrick, Becky, uh, Kingy. You had a number of boys here. And you could always see that they were going to go on and do bigger things. And I think that just, it just continues now. You, you you look around the Prem and there's a number of players that could eventually go on to bigger things, really. And it just shows that it is a good um, tool for the WRU to have at, you know, at their disposal to, to breed these uh, talented players. Eh? I think a lot of other opinions around are saying that the Premiership is not up to standard or whether that's internally with the WIU or they're just comments from other people. But you look at the Welsh Rugby World Cup now in 2019, just gone to Japan. You've got James Davis there, who played obviously for the Quins, Corey Hill, Pontypridd, Josh Navidi, Glamorgan Wanderers. Um, you know, it's, it's clearly some, some massive evidence there that uh, the semi-professional game has or was used in, in, in good course, Steph. Yeah, I think like every fixtures competitive week in week out and it must be doing a purpose if you've got these players coming through like you know Cubby's gone on massive things now and everyone is just it's just a stepping stone up into the top level so do you think with the new Welsh coach coming in that he's going to potentially value the Welsh Premiership and think okay we can get some more Welsh stars from 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 the Premiership from the semi-professional era what do you think I think so. They should be. You know, I think they should uh, develop the the Premiership. I know they, they brought in the the A leagues and stuff, but um, which has its own purpose as well. You know, but uh, I think obviously they're in small periods and they're you know for the longer part of the season they're with the the Premiership clubs, so they should be heavily investing. I think in the in those clubs to you know when those players then come from the regions to play and then there's boys coming from the clubs and serving the the A leagues and stepping so like like we said, you know. It's, stepping stones where boys can develop so I think they should be really investing heavily in Durba. Looked over the years <coughs> Premiership has changed uh, I think it's gone from 12 to 16 now back down to 12 you know what's, what's your thoughts on that are they messing around with it too much or are they just trying to find a finished product and just running with it you know or do you think it should be 16 12 or, or less Will what do you reckon I'm quite happy with it being 12 it's never bothered me too much um, as for the relegation sort of thing you know um it doesn't. It doesn't particularly bother me. You know, I think my main focus is playing for our Brown a lot of the time. You know, and when they are changing this league round, my focus is for our Brown to you know remain competitive and stay up stay in the league. But um, I don't know really. Um, I think they should maybe just keep it at twelve. I think sometimes sixteen may, may be too too many. Um, but I think at the moment you've got a a good core group of teams really that are competitive and they are, are creating a league that's really. Uh, you know, really a good league, yeah. I think Warren Gatlin has finished his, obviously, Welsh tenure now and he has spoke about today in the press that the Premiership should be eight teams. Um, Steph, what, what, what's, what's your thoughts on that? Eight, eight teams too little or do you think eight teams is, a, is, is, is good? Yeah, personally, I think eight is a little bit too little. I agree with Will. So, 12 teams, whoever finishes top at the end of the year just wins it then. I don't agree with the playoffs and I think... If you win the league, you win the league outright. And it's the same with the bottom. I think if you bottom, you go down and uh, Pontypool deserved the chance to come up last year. I think they've won the championship a good few times now, so deserve to have a chance. 
And then if they come up, then you probably be sniffing around there, would you? To see if you can get some more money elsewhere. <laughs> no, mate. No, mate. Nah. No. Okay, you had a stint in Mirtha, right? Yeah, I'm not sure why that was. I just it's about to go. Okay, but go, go back to the question. I think Al had mentioned it. So if they, um, you know, that the A League. 23s, even uh, under 18s, maybe. Is that more of the direction that teams are going to find, or future internationals? Is that where they're going to come from, or are they, like I said, are, are they going to be pushed towards the same? <coughs> okay, you know, just what's your what's your thoughts? And I know you know, don't don't know, but what's your what's your thoughts, anyone? Yeah, obviously, it's, uh, no one can see into the future, eh? but uh, I think they are pushing this the A League, so you know they've got to sort of uh, explore that avenue. But uh, like I said, they only there with a short period, so. Um, obviously, they come then to the Premiership, so there's no point, really, in my opinion, plowing money into that. And then they have that period with them, and then they just leave them off then to go into the Premiership. So they should really be investing in the Premiership as well as, as well as I think, personally. But um, I know it's a difficult balance, it's probably financially and everything. But um, like I said, the, the, the league's strong at the moment, and uh, the only thing with it is there is a lot of gaps in between. So if you take it to eight teams, there'll probably be even more gaps and a little bit more um, stop start. So I think you know twelve, even fourteen, perhaps would be the right number personally. So talking about that type of system, the regional system. Talk to me about Jack Morgan though. What a player, eh? Do, what, what, do you reckon he's going to go on and play for Wales, or do you reckon he's just stuck in uh, in Scarlet's land? What, what, what do you reckon? Is he going to move on, Steph? Yeah. I know you like Jack, didn't you? Yeah, he's a good boy, Jack. You like Jack? You like well. Yeah, yeah. Likes to be here as well, so. No, does he? He's picked the right region, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. what, what, what do you think? You know, again, talking about what the topic we're talking about, Jack Morgan coming through, do you think that's, you know, is that the direction he's going to go? He's played semi-pro for rugby, does that prove? Yeah, every time he plays for Aberavon, really, you can see he's got that edge about him. He steps up and you need, we still forget and the boy's only, what was he, 18? He's still got another year under 20s World Cup. So I think he made his debut for the Scarlets. So I think there's only one direction for Jack. I think he's on his way up. And obviously Jack's a youngster, but do you think maybe the semi-professional era is not just made for youngsters? Can you still play for Wales if you're 28, 30? You've got Wynne Jones, Andrew Coombs, Lloyd Burns, who did it. Are they still looking? Are they still, I mean, could any of you three now play for Wales? Oh, you're a World Cup winner, mate. <laughs> you're the only World Cup winner in this room, and you're the only World Cup winner probably playing in the semi-professional era right now. I think if... Uh Unless you're in the regional setups at that age, you're not going to play from. You're not going to go from Premiership up to international levels. It's um, you know, we got Lloyd Burns, you're out. <laughs> Lloyd Burns, the hooker. You play for Cross Keys, Dragons, Wales. Yeah. So let's put that in perspective. Yian Davis, <laughs> no chance. <laughs> Ospreys, maybe, or maybe straight from Aberavon to Wales. Is that is that going to happen? No chance. No, I can't see anything like that. I hope Yian's not listening. <laughs> All right, well, look, moving on, let's just talk about you three and then talk about, um, you've all played for Wales Sevens, which is, I think, is, is absolutely outstanding quality, And but you've been playing Wales Sevens whilst playing in the same profession era. I know that's the case with Steph and Will, probably, I think Al probably was playing professionally then. How difficult is it to maintain a professional standard in the same profession? We all talk about how you have to be in the, in the same profession, or, or we're looking for professional players to move forward, play for Wales. So that means to me then that you have to be professional always in the same professional era. So how, how, how difficult is that? Yeah, it is difficult. Um, especially with, you know, uh, your jobs and things. You, you see a lot of boys coming straight from their work, you know, they get into training late because they're stuck in work. So it is tough to have to juggle your job, get to the gym in the morning or evening, and then come training, you know, with family life as well. A lot of boys have got kids, you know, wives. It is tough. But I've seen 
a huge change in the professional environment or semi-professional environment at Aberavon over my 10 seasons at the club and I think it's improved year on year and in the past you know few years it's just drastically improved but, but I think it is tough overall to to uh, have that job you know like I get up in the morning six o'clock go to the gym uh, half eight till about quarter of five work and then straight down to Aberavon and I don't get in till nine o'clock and so it is tough and I know a lot of boys are in the same position then. But Will, you know, so we, we know you're, you're the actual ultimate professional at the semi-professional era. The, all those players aren't like you, are they? The, people are struggling. They do 12-hour shifts. You know, th- there's no room for them to get to the it's gym. when you look at, like, in training on Tuesdays and Thursdays, as you see boys come straight off the building site, so freezing cold, it must be really tough for them. Like, you know, Buddha would have do a 12-hour shift on Friday and play on a Saturday. I know he was different level, but... He was... He was, he was the Made my money. Yeah, <laughs> but um, you know, you you can see that you know they're not eating right. They're not. Sometimes it's hard for them to get their weight sessions in. But you know, you, you never hear people like Bud uh, Leap and Elmore. They just crack on with it. To be fair to them, talk about. I know you don't go to the gym, Steph. Is obviously clean and obvious here. But you talk about. Let's talk about eating though. You know, professionals have their food lay on for them. Yeah, you're pretty good at eating, Chris. Yeah. Just F, yeah, I put on a bit of weight, you know, but that's, that's, that's neither here or there. But, um, you know, breakfast is sometimes laid on for the players, lunch is laid on for the players. You know, Al, you probably share more light than this in terms of the professional era. How can the semi boy, professional boys have that same service, basically? You know, how, how they have to meal prep? I mean, who meals preps you? Steph, you don't meal prep? No, I don't meal you know, so I try and pre meal prep as much as I can, but it's, it is difficult. And like the boy said, there's some of the sacrifices some uh, you got to do at say pro level if you want to play at the um, to a decent standard at, at that level. It is a big big commitment, and uh, obviously, um, you know, it's just the resources you know in the regions and in the professional teams. You got the, the financial means to lay the food on and uh, things like that. But to be fair, Abraham, I think there's you know it can't be many say pro teams that do it. You know, give the boys food after training. Especially on Thursdays, it makes a huge, um, huge difference to the boys. And uh, you, you know, you come in from from training on a Thursday, and there's food laid on. It does make a difference, and it saves the boys going back and eating you know, rubbish or making eating late. And because um, that is one difficult thing, you know, coming back half eight, nine o'clock from home, and then trying to cook something decent is, is tough. So yeah. things like that does make a difference. I don't, um, I don't think you realise how good you've got it when you're in the pro setup because like, you have all your meals sorted, all your supplements are there. You know, you got your massage, physios. So when you come out of it, then it is it's a bit of a back to reality. Yeah, I mean, even when you play in a game, so let's go back to the likes of these regional players playing in the same professional era. They're doing their weights there, so they're fully prepared. They're, they're like gym monkeys these days. They're, they're massive guys. The props are six foot three. They're eighteen stone, but they you know they're, they're lifting heavy weights. They run well. How then are can the semi professional boys you know on the other side of twenty five, close to thirty? How can they manage then against those type of players? Or do they manage? You know, are they? Is it just as easy as going to the gym trying to take off the same type of work that they do, or do you just have to? Is it different mentality? That's what I'm trying to get at. How, how do you cope? Yeah, it's tough, you know, like, like Will said already, you know, you try and do and sacrifice as much as you can and go to the gym whenever you can. You know, obviously, we're in the uh, the older side, myself and Will, so... Uh, but, uh, You're close to 30, eh, Steph, no? Yeah, I'm on my way there. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know, it's, it's, I find that, you know, it's difficult to get in the gym and stuff sometimes, some weeks. But um, I think there's other strings to your bows, then, when you've got that uh, level of experience, perhaps, and uh, you learn to... 
um, rolled with it really and uh, I think that's what, that's what a good thing about the Premiership I think it was the mix of the, the older guys and the, the younger boys so you know they all both sort of rub off each other so the older boys see the you know those guys the time in the gym and stuff like that so it gives them motivation to try and keep up there and stick with them and for the other way then I think perhaps the younger younger boys learning um, the craft really from the, from the older boys you know, especially especially up front you know, there's the benefits of those boys playing and training with the, uh, the older guys I think is, is massive you know? Well I think it's time to that we phoned another Aberavon legend and uh, Justin Tipperick I'm not sure if he's going to answer the phone but we're going we're, we're gonna to get him on the line he hasn't read my messages for the last three hours but uh, that's, that's okay so let's give him a call on WhatsApp I think and we'll see what Justin's got to say about it. That's a good, that, that's a good sign. Come on, tips, don't feel it. It could be in Croatia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right up, yeah. yeah, yeah that's Got any good jokes? WhatsApp can tend to go on for a while, doesn't it? So, no? Okay, I'll just hang up on Justin a sec. What I'm going to do, I'm going to bring Lloyd Evs in. Let's get Lloyd Evs on the phone. He's ready to go. We'll chat to Lloyd Evs. I bet he's waiting by his phone. Yeah. All right. What's your quickie answer to this? You just get us a number up, boys. Two seconds. I don't know what to do. Hope sure he's uh, two, two rings, Max. And I'm absolutely right. <laughs> Lloyd! Hi, Carl. How's it going, mate? You're right? Yeah, how are you, mate? Yeah, I was training tonight, mate. Ah, uh, brilliant as always, pal. <laughs> Good, mate. Just, we got Alan Thomas here, uh, Abraven player, World Cup winner, Will Price, and, and your mate, Steph Andrews. Just talking yep. about yeah, boy, just, boy. You right, mate? <laughs> just just talking <laughs> yeah, at the moment. Good, just talking about about the semi professional year. What's your thoughts on the semi pro game? What you know? How, how good is it for boys coming through? And are we going to see much more players playing in the semi professional era, playing for Wales soon? What do you reckon? Um, I think it's more well when probably when I grew up, it's probably like more like the amateur game, playing for the Gen Athletic, and then I think especially when you finish playing youth rugby. I think it's good to have a season, you know, playing for your senior club, and then I'd probably move on to like sort of Abra and Bajend. You did ask me to get off by the Ospreys, I think. Okay. Hey, hey, Lloyd, are you yeah. are you a genetic player? Yeah. Any stories? And about you are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Any stories about Sunday Club? No, I don't go here, mate. And all out there, Carl Poser <laughs> runs that place. <laughs> Hey, obviously all the boys here play for Wales 7, so did you. Just whilst I got you on the phone, any, can you share any stories about us or let us uh, know inf- more information about Steph Andrews at all? Uh, plenty of stories of Steph Andrews. Nothing for tonight, though? No, nah, nothing for tonight. I'm only, I'm only joking. Um, but I played with Steph, and um, I've had one appearance with Alid as well in uh, Las Vegas. <laughs> that, was, that was a good one as well. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Well, any, any, do you want to elaborate on that at all, or because Alan's got you know a bit of a name for nah. himself for, for being a good running player? <laughs> no, just, uh, <laughs> no, it was just nice to meet him out in Vegas, yeah, and yeah. then uh, obviously I haven't played with Will, so 
Yeah. Who do you reckon is the best? You know, have a couple of beers in this year playing for our Brabham. Who do you reckon is the best um, sevens player here then? Um, playing the World Cup winner. Yeah, Alan Thomas, right? Got to be. Because Steph Andrews didn't actually tr- score any tries for Wales, did he? <laughs> no, he just had one yellow card. And that's what he goes on about. How can you play for Wales sevens and not yeah, score a one- try? <laughs> He had, he had a couple of yellow cards and uh, a fight against the, the Aussies in uh, in Sydney. That's about it, really. And he lost that too, did he? Well, there's a photo. There's a good photo of uh, him on top of uh, their half back, mind. Oh, okay, Lloyd, it's been an absolute pleasure. You, you're going to share a story with us or are you going to just go now and just um, look after your missus? No, I just cook feeders now downstairs, so uh, <laughs> she's happy now. Oh, they're happy days, mate. All right. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see you soon, okay, mate? Thanks for answering. Yeah, thanks, Frank. Take care, Lloyd. Bye. Bye. Steph, it's good to talk to Lloyd, isn't it? What about, I've asked him some questions there. What about you? What, what do you know about Lloyd? He's not here to share any stories, really, or on the phone. He's a bit coy. Hi, it's a good boy. Um, I had a full year sharing with Lloyd, so we uh, they chucked us in the room together. And uh, a bit messy in the room, mate. Doesn't unpack his stuff and uh, but uh, he's in charge of the music in the room and a nice cup of coffee in the morning. A lot of time is spent on the seven circuit, isn't it? And, and a lot of downtime. What you know? What what do you do? What 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 goes on? You were on two tournaments, two legs, and a lot of days free. A lot of days where you train in the morning and there's a lot of afternoon, a lot of hours free. What do you get up to? What what do you what do you do? How do you manage the time? To be honest, um, we were just feet up, trying to chill in the coffee shops. We didn't really get much. We had one day off where we could do something, so we went to like Top Golf in Vegas. We had a round of golf in Wellington. Sorry, that's all you did in Vegas. Yeah, you went to play golf. Yep. All right, cool. And what else? Um, tabletop Mountain and uh, just. Just trying to relax as much as you can, ready for the weekend. We had a we had a few good runs, didn't we? went back in back in the I think it was a bit, bit further back. Obviously the new boys and perhaps gone a little bit more a bit more of a jolly hand, wasn't it? A little bit fast, but no. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> oh, when we first went back on it, no one knew what to do. So we trained in the morning and we had an excursion booked every, every day. day. Oh, class. Yeah, amazing, yeah. Every single day. And we used to do loads of good stuff, yeah. Like we had Stafford Bridge and playing headers and volleys on Stafford Bridge, things like that. Yeah. Um also um I remember even we didn't even know how to play sevens because they'd score a try against us, which is obviously nearly every ten seconds, and we'd still be behind the post talking about tactics and stuff like that, you know. And obviously you, have, you can get back on halfway and set up. That must be before my time. That was before. Well, <laughs> Mark Breeze told me he played for Wales sevens as well. I can assure you, Mark Breeze went training once. Once he went and he was coming on these crazy block lines, and they just uh, I think Johnsy was was coaching at the time, and he just uh, saw him off straight away. And it was a bit of a nightmare. But going back to it, you travel the world with sevens. How refreshing is that when you play in Ab- for, for Aberavon, um, cold nights, some some average pitches maybe, and you go away to places like Dubai, South Africa, Vegas, New Zealand, Singapore, or where, wherever you've been. You know how refreshing is that to have that break up your season? Uh, yeah, looking back now, it's amazing. Like. But I think at the time, I didn't probably, myself, I probably didn't make the most of it. I think I was young and I think at the time I just, like Steph said, you got time off, you kind of just chill in your room a lot of the time. And I think maybe other people looking in would probably think, oh, they're having an amazing time, they're out and about, enjoying the sights. But one, either you're jet lagged, 
yeah. or you're knackered from training and you're just in the room the, the majority of the time. But um, I probably didn't make the most of it. But uh, looking back, you know, what, what, what an experience I think I had, yeah. You pretty much see the training pitch, the hotel room, don't you? And, and, and that's pretty much and it. coffee shops. And coffee shops, yeah. So where, where, was, the, where was the best place you've been? Where was the best place you, t- you toured or where, you know? Um, it was always special as Dubai was, because my uh, first cap, but Cape Town for me. We managed to uh, get to the semis and uh, we drew South Africa in their home patch. And it was uh it was bouncing there, so that was uh, special. Yeah, Will. Um, I don't know. I've been asked this question a few times, and it's always difficult. I don't know. Uh, you got Dubai, Hong Kong, Wellington. There's so many Vegas. It's, it is really hard to choose, to be honest. And they've all got their little things, little quirks that are are nice in every sort of place you go. So I couldn't probably give an answer. Yeah, they're like well, those those names, those cities. People would be very jealous of, of going there. Al, what about you? I mean, <laughs> to be fair, I think uh, Wellington was one of my favourite ones places to go. It was absolutely bouncing. The two times I've been there, it was absolutely rammed there, bouncing, singing, everyone's steaming. It's just That's a massive cake, party. Cake tin, isn't in it? The cake tin. Yeah, you're not allowed in unless you fancy dress. I think they've stopped that. That was the worst. Oh, there was, was no one watching. No one was like, drinking. Yeah. It was. Oh, it was it was unreal. I was singing, everyone it was it was carnage. But then, obviously, again, then it was, you know Dubai and mm-hmm. we and with the World Cup, obviously, because what we did out there, that tournament, is just obviously stands out. Then, yeah. What was you doing, Swank, when Ali won the World Cup? <laughs> I was uh, at Cross Keys away. I was Steph. Oh, really enjoyed nice that game. That was great. It's not. It's, it was good. Yeah, I enjoyed it until Simon King, the coach at the time, was shouting on saying Swank they were in the semis, then Swank they were in the final. You captained Wales as well, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, yeah, thanks Steph, I'll bring that in, yeah. Good, <laughs> good. Um, how many of you toured you with Reese Jones and Ethan Evans? Yes. Now then. Oh, good God. Yes. <laughs> well, actually, Reese, I would say, lovely bloke, but when I did spend my time in the room with him, when he was my roommate, just naked out all the time. And then Ethan would come in then, and then he'd be naked, and then they'd be just wrestling each other then half the time. That's ridiculous, isn't it? Those two are just an absolute... But no, two good blokes, so fair yeah. play. And it's players like that, isn't it, that make the trip, isn't it? Like I said earlier, I'm going, the point I'm trying to make is, you know, it can be quite arduous, like doing nothing all day, and training in the morning, absolutely nothing. So you know, moving on to, what was the positives, really, and the, the negatives of playing for Wales 7s? You know, um, great, obviously the honour is playing for Wales, I understand that, let's, let's just think a bit... Uh, away from that now negatives of playing for Wales 7 you know talking about think about the bigger picture of going away family I think Will you said that as well travelling money etc you know, how does that affect you what's the positives and, and, and negatives I think the, the positives are the, twer- the all the legs you visit are probably one of the nicest cities countries you can play for I think with the negatives I think I know it sounds bad but you do suffer more jet lag for the first couple of days when you're there so you don't get to see much and I think with the WIU, the budget isn't the best. You look at England, Australia, you know, they can live off that money because they're on good money. You were a core player though, Steph, no? Yeah. And did they stop doing core players after you? Because I think, you, didn't you eat the budget? No, no, there's still <laughs> core players available, Chris. No, there's still, right, yeah. okay, gotcha, right. no worries. Well, what I want to get onto now is, is um, do you think semi-professional rugby gave you the opportunity to play for Wales Sevens? All I know is a bit probably different to you, but yourselves were both playing at Aberdeen, I think, at uh-huh. the time. Do you think that platform gave you the elevation to play for Wales Sevens? Yeah, I'd say pretty much guaranteed it did. I think, I think I must have joined the year before 
we got to the final against Ponte in the Millennium. And that was, that was one of our best seasons. That's when we had the likes of Beck. We talking about tips and all that playing for us. And I think that season we did well. And I was, I think I played the majority of the games. And I think that sort of put me on that step and stone up into the Wales Sevens. And I think that sort of got me in the you know in the picture. So I think yeah, definitely yeah. Stefan, what are you? Yeah, I agree with Will. Just you know, if if you weren't playing for and or your Premiership club, it'd be tough to get selected to get onto the. Hey, there's a lot of stories again. There's like James Hook, he was playing you know, regular with Neath, played the Sevens, played the Commonwealth Games, propelled himself, played unbelievable in, that, in, those, in those tournaments. And then obviously the Ospreys you know, could not, not look at him and yeah. give him opportunities. And then he's you know, gone to different different levels. And from there, but obviously his, his background and whatever, you know, he had a couple of seasons in Neath in the same professional Sevens and then propelled him up to where he, where he went to. Al, how did you get involved with the Sevens then? What, what was your... Obviously, you weren't playing semi-professional rugby there, I don't think. But no, I was, with the, I was with the Dragons. Right. And uh, Di Reese was the uh, head coach with the Sevens and he was the backs coach or attack coach in the, in the Dragons. And funny enough, uh, uh, Hookie was in, in with the Sevens and then from from playing in the Commonwealth, uh, he played so well in I went to the Osprey set and played regular there. Um, I think he toured as well that summer um, with Wales. So they then looking for uh, a tenant to come in for into the seven set up then for him, and uh, at the time I was sort of um, mixing games up then with uh, Craig Wallow and Kay Sweeney, mm. um, sometimes full back as well with Ke- with Kevin Morgan. So there's opportunities in the season there where uh, Di gave me opportunities then to get get exposure and pitch time. So. Um, because that's a good thing about the sevens, like it does hone in on your skills, you know, and uh, it does sharpen you up. Uh, speed of thought, skills, defensively, you know, it's, it's surprising how, uh, how I think my defence improved from playing sevens because you're just so exposed. Yeah. You can't miss tackles or it's try down like so. Uh, yeah, it was brilliant for me. So obviously, Di gave me that uh, opportunity and confidence to get in there, and yeah, yeah it went from there, eh? So you gave me as well. <coughs> I had a letter through the post and obviously opened it and just said, Oh, you've been selected to play for Wales Sevens. I thought, I was it's a bit of a joke. It's because I've never played Sevens in my life. And that clearly showed because my first game for the Sevens was against Fiji in Dubai, one o'clock, boiling hot heat. William Ryder's playing, Surevi's playing. And I, genuinely, I'm in the tunnel and I have no, I have no idea what I'm doing. You can train in Sevens, I, have, I genuinely have no idea what's going on. So it's a. Uh, I believe the score is like 14-12 to Wales and you know, this is our second game in, in Dubai and we're about to beat Fiji, you know. Ah, okay, I, I come on as a sub. And the uh, ball gets sent out to me and I've, I've gone and gone for the chip over the top. <laughs> big, big Fijians obviously just, just, just jumped and caught it, ran the length and he scored on the posts. And that was the end of um, our, our outing then against Fiji. So that was my first first experience of playing for the Sevens against them. And, and I, I'm, I tell you now, I didn't play for the rest of the day. I didn't play the <laughs> following day either. Uh, I remember that again, Diary saying, having a word with me when we were back, when we went over to George, the second leg, and he, he had to sit me down and goes, well, look, but, you know, you're for another tournament now. You know, we need the best out of you. It's just, you know, you were pretty poor. And I, and I played two minutes. And he's just made that assessment about me, like, and he yeah, said to him, oh, you, "You sent me the letter, like, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't ask to come on the sevens trip, like, you know, put me there." He was ruthless at times. Yeah, I've seen him a few times. You know, and uh, Richie must still had a good party. <laughs> so Johnny oh, Vaught as well. Yeah. I should have got must have <laughs> been That was a good one. So no, he, he demanded high level as well. He to, he propelled the sevens, you know, you know, from when we started. He really pushed it up, and then you know, Gath Babel then yeah. took it on further, and then obviously John Z and the boys are in the setups and everything now. So uh, I think um, 
us a lot and the boys that are in the World Cup squad owe a lot to Dai um, yeah. and what we learned at those early stages. I agree. Yeah. Dai was easily, easily the best coach I played and I'm not sure about you, but you probably had a lot more coaches, but Dai was easy, and he put me on my platform yeah, to work to I went, yeah, he was quality. Um, moving on and oh, I'm going to, well, talk, just just tell us, we've got a World Cup winner here. What, what's that all about? How did that feel? You know, how, how good was that? It was unbelievable. It was, uh, because Wales, uh, sorry to butt in, you know, when, when I was playing, we didn't win anything, just the bowls. You know, and for the, those people who don't know what that is, that's the third tier. It was just bowls after bowl after bowl after bowl. We never yeah. got to the quarters, it was just the bowl. We were, we were, we were buzzing. Yeah. Every time we won the bowl, we were buzzing. And then it moves on and cut to 2009, whatever it was, yeah, we go and win the World Cup. Yeah, well, we, we did get uh, a couple of plate finals. No, we did not. Um, <laughs> Uh, both times in Wellington, both times in Wellington. Oh yes, we lost South Africa. We yes, lost to the plate play final both times South Africa. Um, so there's you know uh, signs there sort of thing. And uh, back in the Wellington before the World Cup, so that was in February before the World Cup in March, we beat New Zealand in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, so you know it showed us then that we you know got the uh, tools to do it. But then we lost to Kenya in the quarters. So uh, back in Wellington. But uh, you know, that, I think that gave us all confidence, really, going into the tournament. And then um, in the tournament itself, we just played really well in the, in the group stages. And then went in. I think on on the second day, we were eighty to one. Uh, this is eight seeds going into the quarters, playing against top seeds uh, in uh, in New Zealand. And they had boys like uh, Nigel Hunt and um, Victor Vito. Um, you know, boys like that playing, they pull in a few, um, Tim Lanai, William, boys like that. So, um, you know, it was obviously going to be a tough, tough ass, but then <coughs> things went our way, really, and we just, we, we beat them, and then Tom Isaac scored about a minute after go, and we just hung on in there, managed to squeeze that, and then it was like a turn of events, which is unprecedented, really, I guess. It was like after that, was we beat New Zealand. Uh, Samoa then came and beat England in injury time, and then... Uh, Kenya beat South Africa, no, yeah. Kenya beat Fiji, and Argentina beat South Africa, so all the top four seeds were gone, and as soon as that, you know, we were on food with the other teams, they were like, boys, you, you could go and win this, like, and we were like, well, look at the team, we were like, yeah, why not, I mean, so I think it's just sort of, Lee Beach captain, like, went from there, yeah, so, <laughs> who, would have th- who would have thought it, unbelievable, wasn't it? so we had Samoa then the next round, we you know, probably played our best rugby in that, that actual game. We played really well that game, beat them in the semis. And then uh, Argentina in the final, we played in the in the group stage, and we'd only just lost uh, 21-14 against them in the group stage. We knew we had the potential to beat them in the final, and it was it was it was crazy. Like it was the first time the boys would play ten minutes each way for Saturdays. Everyone was themselves all that basically, <laughs> and um, yeah, it was just unbelievable. I caught, right, i tell a story about myself here if you don't mind, I, I caught the back end of what you boys did in the success, right, so you beat New Zealand, right, and then all you boys left, I went back on the circuit then the year after, and I was, I was lucky, fortunate to be captain, and we went to Dubai, we didn't play New Zealand in Dubai, but we played New Zealand in South Africa, right, and uh, as you all know, you have a training pitch, don't you, you have a training pitch, and no, t- you don't share the same training pitch as the teams in your group. So New, Ze- New Zealand were in our group, Samoa were in our group, and USA were in our group. So fine, we turn up to a, our training pitch one morning, and New Zealand are there. And I'm thinking, nah, you know, this is not right. New Zealand shouldn't be on our training pitch. So I turned to Johnsy and said, Johnsy, they're on our training pitch. I swank, don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. Just let them do their thing and let them get off. It'll be fine. 
So I thought, all right, so I went over to the uh, bleachers, that's where obviously there was some, those seats and stuff like that, and um, they were still there. They were just chucking balls about. They knew exactly what they were doing. They were just trying to annoy us, you know, pretty much. I said to Johnsy again, this is 20 minutes in now. I said, Johnsy, they're not going anywhere, mate. I said, you better go down there and I'll tell them to get off you, because know, we've got training to do and gonna, you know, get on there. And he goes, oh, swank, seriously, what's, what's your problem? Just leave it, just, it's, it's okay. They're still going. I said, I got, they got 10 minutes. So I said, that 10 minutes came on, so it was half an hour in now. I said, Johnsy, this is it now, go down there and tell him to get off. He goes, Swank, you go down and do it. So I thought, do you know what, fine. <laughs> I'm gonna go on there and do it. So I marched off the bleachers, crossed the white line, game face, said, oh, Titchens, <laughs> come here, boy. And do you know when you walk into a, a bar and the music stops? So all these balls are flying about, they're passing it, and every, all the balls start dropping. I'm telling you now, right? Tijin started walking towards me, squaring up to me, and then they started, all the players started forming that V. I thought they were going to start the hacker behind them, honestly. They got into that shape, and all I see is DJ Forbes behind him, he's going, ah, you know, he's doing all the hacker stuff behind him, and, and Tijin just squares right up to me, he goes, in certain words, obviously, this is not what he said, but was, he goes, you better go away now, Welsh boy, and, and, and sit down. I said, oh, look, mate, look, you want our pitch? I said, you know you're not supposed to be here. Get off, we've got training to do. And then the boys are behind. I think uh, Rack and Bruno's taken off his top, <laughs> so they're ready to go. There's some boys are doing. They're ready to do the hack, you know. And um, I'm thinking this is going to kick off. You know, Welsh boys versus New Zealand. It's going to. It's going to be a massive bust. There's no referee. Here. There's no one here to stop this fight. So we carried on. I said, "Look, Titchens, I said, just just get off. Just get off the pitch." You went, and he was he was literally squaring up to me. He's right up to my face. I thought, okay, all right, all right. All the boys, all the New Zealand boys are behind them. Let's turn around and see what the Welsh boys are doing. Honestly, I turn around, they're on the bleachers, they're just sitting there on their phone with a guy. Jevin Groves is having his, his, his thumb strapped, the guy, I'm just look, I'm looking at Jones, he's like going through the session on his phone. What can you do? Just turn around and they carried on, you know, doing their session. Like, so I said, jumping on the back end of um, you, you, you boys really annoyed New Zealand. And I remember playing against South Africa then in that pool stage and they were crazy boys. They were on a, they were on a mission and they obviously, fair enough, they beat us, but, uh, yeah, thanks for that, Al. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> I think we have to tie it up here. I'm going to ask you some pinpoint questions about the Wales Sevens and uh, see if you can answer them. So we'll go around the table. Steph, who was the best player you played against on? Played against, sorry, for Wales Sevens. Best player that you played against? Um, you can't look far from the Fijians. I'd probably say um, Jerry Tuway. He just didn't know what he was going to do. His footwork. And after reading Ben Ryan's book on holiday, you could see like what background they're coming from, and he's just, just phenomenal. Will, uh, yeah, a number of the Fijians. Um, same with the New Zealanders, really. Uh, I'm trying. Yuane, uh, but his brother is it the um, Akira. Akira. The flanker, is it? What do you call him? <laughs> the flanker. I don't know, mate. One of them, he's, oh, he's he big was, boy. Yeah, big boy, was he? <laughs> but a lot of them were. Yeah, uh, Lamb, another. Lamb, yeah. He's yeah. a really good player as well. And South Africans then, like Cecil Africa. You got There's a number of players. Like, every team had a player who was dangerous, really. Yeah. Who was that South African player, the, the stocky one? I'm not sure if he... Rhino, no. No, Rhino. He was, was, was a big guy. He was a go-to guy. He carried everything. Like, he was there, you know. Apparently he was supposed to be Arlene Beach, but I didn't see the Beach. <laughs> Beach was like a pot of custard. Like, <laughs> I can't remember what was, what was his name. Oh. Anyway, I'll, I'll, uh, William Ryder, yeah, definitely. Yeah, wow, 
unbelievable. Uh, it goes step on his. He just step step two players with one step. Yeah, he just different couldn't, couldn't 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 get hand on him. He was different gravy. What about the people you've played with then for Wales sevens over the years, Steph? Um, I think you have to look at somebody with a prolific try scorer like Lukey Moggs would create something or nothing. And I think if he didn't get injured, I think he would have been an Olympian now. So. And then also you have to look at Adam Thomas, 50 tournaments, that's not easy, so he's just Mr. Consistent. Oh, you play a lot, you know, obviously the World Cup? Obviously. Yeah, no, I've played with some class players, but uh, probably, the, you know, Lee, Lee Williams, Lee Bach, the brain, uh, you know, nicknamed the brain for a reason, he, he just see things and just creates things and... Um, his sweep in is un- unbelievable. Yeah, uh, last man defence. Yeah, and even even Titchens put him in his uh, world ever 50, oh, Sam, sorry. Um, oh, did he? Do you, yeah. I didn't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he was in a swank. I don't like Titchens anymore, so he didn't. <laughs> no, yeah, he didn't either. No, no. But yeah, him or Sammy Mai, he put in the uh, world Sam team versus the best New Zealand team, I don't know if you know that. No. But yeah, no, Lee, class. Well, yeah, I play with Lee as well, and i got to say, yeah, have a player. But, um, more recent one, Cubby. Cubby was a good, very good player. Um, just turn of speed, everything really. Um, Obviously, you went on to play for Great Britain as well. Yeah, the Olympics. yeah. Uh, but a number of players that came in and out, like even Tom Haberfield. He came in, and I can remember he just he was sharp and just yeah. But quite a few players really I played with. Yeah. Yeah, Tips was a different story, uh, although he hasn't answered my phone call tonight. <laughs> I groomed with Tips as well. He was he, he was a quality guy, different, doing different stuff that you know players you, you wouldn't see before. And obviously hockey as well. Hockey was just just different level as well. What about um, the worst or the best roommate you had? Of? And, or, and, and elaborate on any stories. Roommates. Well, I've only had Levzy, so he was the only roommate you only had. Only roommate. They kept this only to- room to him. Only kept us together. So how, how many tournaments did you go on? Ten. Did you really? Just Lloyd Evans. Yeah, just Lloyd. Oh, that's pretty. Was that the same for you two? Then like, would you room with the same people people all the time? Uh, Generally, actually, yeah. Uh, one or two different ones, but uh, Shelley mostly. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes, big pants. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. yeah, it's big pants. Uh, good roomie, actually. Nice and quiet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like to chill out in the room I did, whereas some boys like to have a bit of a... You know, <laughs> Naked wrestler. Reese, so, yeah. Definitely the worst one, yeah. He's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can remember just that be... Well, turn away, one second later, be naked... <laughs> Next thing I know, he's jumped on top of me or something. Yeah, well, yeah, random. I remember I uh, didn't room with him actually. Uh, Chris Morgan's, remember the scrum half, Chris Morgan. So we'd, <laughs> we'd train and then we'd be back, say eleven o'clock, had lunch, and then by one o'clock he's in his full, full pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going. Do you want to go for coffee or do you want to, you know, cinema, whatever it is? It doesn't matter. But he's literally nah, boys. I'm not coming out today. Um, a couple of years ago in uh, Dubai, the Invitational tournament we went to, and uh, so Invitational tournament now going out clothes straight out the suitcase, hanging them up. Mugs, he's a fresh pair of pyjamas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolute worst drink I've ever What's he doing, isn't it? Yeah. I, I have no idea. I'll go about best or worst movie. Probably best and worst is the same one, but really Lee Beach soup sandwich. <laughs> oh, soup sandwich. <laughs> Custard guts. Yeah, no, we used to have some uh, good laughs with Ellis and uh, he'd you know, tell me some stories about the dragon. <laughs> he, the, the, the dragon's no more, by the way. The dragon is no more. But... Uh, <laughs> No, he was he was funny. He's good and uh, good good captain, and uh, he's still close mate. And uh, yeah, I shall always enjoy looking forward to room with him. Ah, oh, good. I roomed with Craig Hill, I think, for a while, and there's a, a 
good story from a night out with Craig, but I think we'll leave that to the pub in another podcast. But uh, there we are. And then finally, just to wrap up, your best moment playing for Wales Sevens. The best moment. The pinnacle of your Wales Sevens career. What was it? I'll yours. Let's go for you first because it's probably pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah, obviously. But, that, but that, talk about it though. You know, talk about that, that last game, that final whistle goes. Yeah, well, obviously, because obviously score, scoring like in the last like couple of minutes and then um, and then that final, it was... And I remember Tal coming up to me after scoring that right, just saying, just make sure you kick his feet, it's kicked out, right? So, so I made sure that. We'd lasted all session, not the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, and then, um, so. Is that tips? That's tips. We're going to bring tips in, sorry to cut you off, Al. Tips! How are you? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. We're here today with Ali Thomas, Will Price, and Steph Andrews. Just uh, just want to get your thoughts really on the, on the, on the professional era. Before, before that, how was Japan? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, really good. It's uh, surprisingly, um, I don't know, it's just a country you don't expect to obviously um, be so friendly and so clean. And um, yeah, there's just so much to do over there as well, which was uh, pretty good for, for the boys to keep us going over there. That was your second visit to Japan, wasn't it? You went there with the Wales 20s as well to do? Yes, yes. Uh, but obviously a little bit different from the 20s, obviously on limited budget and... Um, yeah, we were based in one place, I think it was uh, Fukuoka, and uh, yeah, you don't really get to, to see much then, uh, obviously this time around just travelled around and we got to see everything more or less, and probably stayed in uh, some of the best hotels, some of the best food, and yeah. and all that, so it, it does make a difference. Have you had much time off since you come back? What have you been up to since you've come back? What, what's, what's, what's Tipperick been up to? Um, yeah came back uh, one day in the house and uh, went away with the family obviously um, been away eight weeks from from, uh, um, from the girls so um, yeah, it was nice to take my daughters away and the missus and we went to Dubai for, for a couple of days and um, nice mate yeah just chilled out nice bit of weather bit of sun always uh, makes you feel a bit better doesn't it just um, wanted to ask you a couple of questions on the semi-professional um, the league there with the, with the Welsh Premiership obviously you played in that you played 33 games for Aberavon, scored four tries. You know, what was your first of all, what was your experience like playing for, for Aberavon and playing in the Welsh Premiership? Um, yeah, I think I was probably lucky to, to be a part of Aberavon, especially um, I think it was Simon King who called me over um, straight from the end of the 18s. And yeah, I can't, you can't, I can't speak highly enough of Aberavon. Um, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today without, without um, being part them being part of my career and giving me the step and so on to be a professional rugby player and yeah it's just such a family club and every time you go back you, you see you see the same people and um, it's, it's just great to catch up with everyone in, t- in terms of uh, the, the Welsh Premiership now what, you know what do you think that still serves a purpose in the sense of can it still develop players like yourself and, and do, do you think it's um, got a job to do or do you think that's pretty much moving out of the game now the purpose of the Welsh Premiership oh, I- Oh, I definitely think it's got to. I just got to. Um, I think uh, it's, it's, a, it's a stepping stone, definitely, uh, for people to push on. And you know, it's a, it is a tough league. Um, you know, when you go away to the places like we used to go away to Pontypool and Pontypridd and teams like that, and get a bathroom each week. That 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 that's what you know. You you learn that um, during that period of the semi-pro and. You're not, you're not going to get that anywhere else. If you don't get battered, then it's part of, of being an average player. Yeah, that's true, mate. Yeah, we did get some, some battering some on the way. Do you play much of the British and Irish Cup games? You probably missed those those days, didn't you, where we got um, battered? No, I, 
yeah, we we played uh, we played a few games. Yeah, I definitely played a few games. Um, was it maybe London Scottish? I think we played against an Aberavon and um, teams like that. I think, and yeah, we we had a bit of a bit of a hide in obviously in them games. It showed a bit of uh, strength and depth that they had compared compared to our squad. But um, yeah, it's all part of the game. And tips, you've moved on and you've played. I, correct me if I'm wrong. Seventy-two times for Wales, two British and Irish Lions tours. And um, you know it's been quality knowing that the fact that you're from from Aberavon, but you've played for Wales Sevens on, on the way, and we've got some Wales Sevens internationals with us today. So we just want to know a few questions for you. Um, same questions that we were just talking about actually with the boys here. Who was the best yeah. player that you played against on the Wales Seven circuit? On the circuit, yeah, oh. on the circuit, I played against. Oh, um, tough, but the one that stands out now. Um who was lightning quick when we played him was Stowers. Oh, uh, Bowers. If you remember him. Yeah, not the Mario Kart uh, guy, no? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he was pretty sharp. Um, he was out of form and uh, had his prime form when we used to play against him. And he, uh, yeah, that's true. Tries. It was, it's quite frustrating, really, because you couldn't get your hands on him to uh, do anything. You couldn't get your hands on him. You're, and you got shovels, mate, haven't you? <laughs> um, what about the, yeah. the the worst player oh, sorry sorry I won't say that <laughs> the, best, the best player that you played with with Wales so who's the best player you played with for Wales well apart from you or for... well, of course yeah you can't bring me into this tips you know that alright oh, okay, okay. Sorry, just, just check in, obviously. Um, with Wales um, uh, tough because um, when we first started, we had obviously Cuffey was on there, um, Ashley Beck was on there, um, Lloyd Williams was on there. Yeah, he was a great um, Lloyd, wasn't he? Die engine. Yeah, Lloyd was good. Lloyd was good. Um, Becky probably more than fifteen players. Uh, <laughs> he probably give you a bit of stick for that, but he, you know he used to do a good kick off, didn't he, Beck? So that was yeah, that's true, that's that was his role in the team. Um, best player though. Yeah, tough one, lad. Because um, well, you played on the Commonwealth, didn't you, in Australia, not, um, two years ago? Yeah, yeah, some good boys there as well. Um, Angus was good as well. He's a good playmaker, Angus O'Brien. Um, four. Let's, uh, I don't know. Let's go, Lloyd. Then is it Lloyd Williams? Lloyd Williams. That's fair enough, mate. Do you remember? Yeah, uh, go Lloyd. South Africa, George, New Zealand away. Remember that door dressing yeah. room door came down. Yes, yes, the best team talk ever had. Yeah, what, what, can you remember the song we were listening to? Oh, no. I got it. Oh. Honey, I believe. Yolanda. Yeah. That was it, wasn't it? That was a good one, though. Good days, eh, Tips? Oh, yeah, yeah. Memories, mate. It's all about hooks, <laughs> Last couple of questions, mate, then I'll leave you going. It's a late night for you. Um, yeah. Worst roommate that you um, stayed with and the best roommate. Now, you can you can bring me on that one, okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. What well, on the seven circuit? On the, on yeah? the seven circuit, yeah, yeah. Let's keep it to that. You've probably got a lot of stories. Um, <laughs> oh, um, Darren Daniels is probably one of the worst. Yeah. Blinking out, he used to blink in, tell some stories. I bet, yeah. Um, Boy, to sleep. Oh, and yeah, obviously, <laughs> obviously, best then, obviously, swanking out. Yeah, I oh, You look after you tonight. No, no doubt about that. Yeah, you just cut me in lovely, didn't it? <laughs> And lastly, tips, last question for you. What was your best moment playing on the Sevens? I know you've got a lot of great moments, of course, in rugby, um, but what about Wales Sevens? Oh, probably beating Fiji was one. Yeah, because yeah, obviously they're known, obviously, beating the Sevens. And I think it was in Australia that we beat them. 
Um, I yeah, in uh, Adelaide, is it? Adelaide, I think you played them. I didn't go on the. We probably lost. Oh, okay. Probably yeah, I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think it was obviously beating Fiji and obviously being the underdogs and taking them over then, and um, they put us in a good place in the tournament. But uh, I think we blew it at the end. Oh, top man tips. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. I'm just going to see if any boys have got any questions now. They want to ask you or anything. Just, let's see what they got. Tips is uh, Steph Mid, right? Hello, Steph, boys. Yeah, do you, know, you always mention Abraham being the family run club, a warm welcome and that? Yeah. Was, what was Swanky like when you first joined Abraham, mate? Oh, he's absolute menace. He was trying to take my head off all the time. Yeah, he's like oh, with all the young sevens are turned oh, up there. Yeah, but, but I, I do think it's a, it's a good thing as well. Obviously, um, these days, probably uh, youngsters have it a bit easy. And, um, yeah, you're right no, there, Tips, mate. You're right. <laughs> Yeah, so it, no, it is. It's got to be a balance of you can't give it to them easy, and sometimes it's not. You got to have those players in your team, and um, yeah, they, um, we don't have many old boys the, the tough lot um, around the, the squad anymore. So yeah, it's key to have those one or two boys that um, how can we say it, just toughen you up a bit. All right, yeah, it's true, isn't it? These youngsters have got an easy ride these days, Tips, haven't they? Oh, easy, man. Easy. Yeah, I know, man. Easy. Hey, look, Tips, I don't want to keep you any longer. Thank you so much for calling back. No, it's been a pleasure speaking to you, mate. And I uh, hope to see you on the pitch soon for the uh, the Ospreys. Yeah, cheers, boys. Thank Tom, you. Cheers, Tips. Uh, what a player, Justin Tipperick. What a player. And he, do you know what? He only played seven once for Aberavon. <laughs> it's true. A lot of people say he's the best seven I've played for Aberavon. He only played once, okay? Just letting you know that. Just putting it out there, right? Let's just, look, let's just finish up and cut you off, Al, on the best moment of playing for Wales Sevens, which I know is your World Cup. i got to wrap it up. Um, Adam's kicking me here, so where were you going? Where, what, what did you say? Um, no, yeah, we were saying what the, uh, obviously scoring and then working, um, sorry, yeah, working out there for the last minute and a half, just hanging on in there, basically. And, uh, no, he's not going on about the World Cup again. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then... Uh, you the the celebrations after was ridiculous. Yeah, it was amazing. Right, yeah. Again, yeah. that's a different podcast. I bet, is it? Yeah, yeah. Just explain what's going on there. Next one. Will, <laughs> Will, what about you? Best moment playing for Wales Sevens? I don't know. It's a, it's a difficult one. Um, probably my first match. Probably would have to be my best moment. I'd say um, another one. Probably just getting back from injury after being a year with the Sevens. Be uh, I did my ACL out for another year. Maybe probably just getting back into it then and getting back on the circuit was probably one of my. Uh, probably oh, you had a break, didn't you? Yeah, you, yeah. Uh, like a gap in between playing the sense. Yeah, back on. yeah, I remember that. Now. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, but yeah. Steph, um, like I spoke about earlier, Cape Town for me. Packed out Cape Town. Crowd was bouncing, playing the hosts. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that's it, boys. Well, I'm going to wrap this up now. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you all giving up your time to come on the first podcast of the cauldron I'd like to thank all the listeners out there if there are any and uh, if you do listen make sure you tune in for the next podcast which will be coming in about um, a month's time thank you all very much for listening everyone out cheers Cheers, boys thank you the cauldron the cauldron the wizards brand new podcast this podcast was produced By Buffoon Media.